The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond. 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 What's up, everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond, episode 307. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, reunited with his boys again. Alongside the Dark Knight News, Andrew Goldfarb. Hey, Greg. He only does everything, Colin Moriarty. It's your boy, Das Colin. Oh, he's broken. <laughs> he's tired. He's worn out. That's a worn out, Das mm. Colin. Yeah, I think we're both a little jet lagged. And you're all back from the Gamescom, the Germany. You're over in the Germany. Yeah. 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 Nobody was here last week. I had to do a show with a bunch of schlubs, a bunch mm. of fill-ins. Now mm. here we yes. go. The A-team's back in the room. Mm. On a limited time schedule. Yep. But we're here. Lots of things to How do. How was it, everybody? It good. was good. Yeah. Yeah. Played yeah. A, Sony's press conference I thought was awesome. And then uh, lots of awesome hands-on time. I mean, Colin, you got you spent a, pretty much all your time at Sony, so I think you got yep. to see a little more than I did. But uh, got some hands-on with PS4. First party, third party. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought the press conference was excellent. Saw a lot of give me, give me a out of ten for both of you. Uh, like an eight, I would say. Okay, it good. seems yeah. like it seems like Sony really gets the future of gaming, which yeah. is going to be constituted indies. largely by indies. Yeah. People that are complaining about indie games on on PlayStation Four are in for a rude awakening uh, for the future of uh, console gaming, which is you know going to be supported by you know some AAA games, of course, some A games, but the mid tier publisher is dead, and there's you know only going to be you know, some of these big games and then a lot of indie games. And, you know, as we know, indie games are, are pretty awesome. So. I agree. And plus there are, I mean, like, some of those Vita announcements were really big. Like, I mean, Greg, you won a bet. You won the Borderlands bet. I finally did. I told you it was coming. We, yeah. I, we, I got to immediately, during the during the actual conference, I got to retweet the tweet where I said, this tweet is going to be super important. And it was showing them <laughs> kick off the fact with Borderlands. How, did you freak out? I did. Oh, man. I'm You're really a big excited. big Borderlands fan. I'm definitely, you know, I really want to know more. I want to know if Gearbox is doing it internally, um, which they had said at the time was the whole reason it wasn't coming because they didn't have time to do I it internally. Yeah. So, so I want to know who is doing it, and I want to know if saves can transfer. Oh, my God. How amazing would that be? That would be amazing. Uh, you know, they yesterday leaked out the Game of the Year edition for Borderlands 2. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My guess is what you're going to get, uh, you know, if I were a betting man. You're going to buy it. It'll be the core game, and then maybe as a free download, you'll get some codes and can get the DLC added in. Uh, so I'm, I'm expecting the DLC to be part of it. For the Game of the Year edition, you're expecting? Or no, for the no, Vita on Vita. Version? I'm saying a Game of the Year edition is coming to consoles. Yeah. So since there's going to be all that content for the one price, I'm guessing Vita will be the same thing. Yeah. I'm guessing you'll buy the game, but it would be too big on one cart to have all the DLCs. So you'll probably download it. I see what you're saying. 
buy one version of the game, you yeah. get all the stuff too. Yep, yep. All right. What would you give it out of ten? The conference there. Um, I would agree with Colin. I mean, I, I think it was really exciting that you know they are embracing that ecosystem that they have. They they have so many cool creative games coming. Like Rhyme looks amazing, mm-hmm. and like I I actually really like Murasaki Baby. Um, obviously Resogun. Like they there's some really obviously. cool stuff they showed. Obviously. Uh, yeah, I was really disappointed with some people's response to the to the press conference. I I was like wondering if what, we had like seen the same press they want conference. Big or games. Not. People wanted you know I for me personally, no one is talking about it. For me personally, Little Big Planet Hub is actually really exciting because that's very obviously the future of that franchise like i think a free-to-play little big planet has always made the most sense and we talked about this uh, a week or two ago um like where can that franchise go? right right and what we said at the time was one thing that would reinvent it would be like on a 3d plane but actually free-to-play is really smart just give you the creation tools let you buy in if you want more packs and more uh, abilities and more options i think that's really really smart and so to me that was an exciting direction for that franchise i mean yeah we didn't see uncharted you know we didn't see any new first party games but those are coming. Like it, it, nobody is stupid enough to think that there's yeah, not going to be God what, of War. There's not going to be an Uncharted. That was what was kind of disappointing. Was like, like Indie Station, Indie Station. It's like how much time do you have in your hands? We already know that there are four <laughs> huge first par- first party exclusives coming before February. Right. Plus all of the third party games that are coming out, which is a lot of them. You know. Yeah. And let them, but like let you them want, breathe. Yeah. Let if you want Knack breathe. and Drive Club, you got Killzone. Shadowfall is awesome, by the way. And then you get Infamous, and then I'm sure the order comes out probably next year, next summer, or something like that. I think that's you know probably what they're aiming for next summer, next fall. Yeah. What's most enticing and exciting is like what Goldfarb said is like, we we know all the studios are working on PS4 games, and we don't know what most of them are. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and we plus, already know what four big first party games are. So like they need they're managing their portfolio, I think, kind of wisely. Of course, these studios are. We don't know what Santa Monica's doing. We don't know what Naughty Dog's doing or Sony Bend or Sony London. You know, like like there. You know, there's a million op- like things that could be going on, and I think that's exciting. I think people need to play the long game a little bit with some of this stuff. Well, I agree. that's not what it's about, though, right? You get a new console and you're super excited about it. We talked about this last week, right? That the fact of the matter is the reason I don't think there is a Super Mario World for PlayStation 4 or Xbox One is because the console in itself is an event. It is, an, it is the product you're buying and you're super stoked for. Then you go, well, what are you going to play on it? And you're like, nah, I don't, I don't know, probably Dead Rising or, in this case, Killzone. You know what I mean? There are these games for it. You don't, it would be, I mean, don't get me wrong, it would help move units if you had Uncharted 4. It would be awesome. Yeah, of course. But in terms of you, you have you have all these golden eggs, right? You don't want them overshadowing each other. You don't want yeah. Uncharted 4 overshadowing the fact that you are launching a piece of hardware that is now the next decade of your life. Yeah. Well, and there's also already a million pre-orders. Like, they're good. They can't meet that supply even if they want to. You know, like, they're, yeah, that's, they're, that's the launch is pretty much going to be safe, you know? And I, obviously, in first quarter of 2014, you will see more announcements trickle out. Like, again, they specifically mentioned Naughty Dog, Media Molecule, Santa Monica are working on PS4 games. They said everybody else, but, but those three studios were called out by name, which is obviously dropping a hint that, like, yeah, you, you were going to see Uncharted 4, whatever it is. You're going to see whether it's God of War 4 or that uh, Battlestar Galactica guys game, like Media Molecule's new project. You were going to see those things. They're yeah. coming. Like, the indie stuff is just a really cool way to show. And especially on the day when Microsoft announced its indie initiative, like, to take Minecraft from them and then to... Uh, to have all these other awesome looking games, like I, I thought it was a really cool one-two punch. Yeah, I, I think on the fl- yeah. uh, maybe on the floor you were seeing a bit different thing. I know you're you're, you're at Gamescom, you have a million things, you got to go see these games. The the reaction I saw was especially on Twitter, super positive. Yeah, and well, even people from are our sto- kids too. Yeah, people are stoked that they're getting yeah, to play the, these new consoles. I think they're just anxious to play anything on these new consoles just yeah. to get a feel for them. And that's because we've gotten a chance to play them a lot now, and you know a lot of people don't. So. That, like I think them just going to play Drive Club or something like they'll play anything to sure. to I'm yeah. not saying Drive Club's not good but I haven't played it actually uh, but yeah I think that like it's it's uh, you know it's exciting I think you know I think people are kind of that don't really understand PlayStation history too don't realize that this is like very easily the best launch lineup um, 
both first party and third party that that PlayStation's ever had. So Vita was better. Well, no, Vita. I'm saying <laughs> Vita know, was better. Vita was better. I know. I know that too. Um, yep. But uh, you know, PS One launched with like Battle Arena Toshin then. Uh, PS2 Silent PS- Scope. Yeah, PS2 had like Silent Scope and Smuggler's Vision. Uh, yeah, Smuggler's Run, Summoner, yeah. Motorstorm, and Resistance. Yeah, Resistance and, and Motorstorm. Like, yeah. like, come on, guys. Like, like this is I like mean, a pretty, pretty good launch lineup. But yeah. I think it's in the same vein, right? Of like, I don't think people would normally be super stoked for Drive Club outside of the PlayStation Hardcore. You know what I mean? But when the fact that all you have is Drive Club, you know what I mean? That's what they're doing, yeah. right? They're saying, here's a platformer, here's a shooter, here's a racer. The, you know, these games appeal to very particular audiences because we want you to have something to play on this thing that you're go- you're super stoked to buy and have fun with. Yeah. Yep. And use the IGN app on, of course. Yeah, of, of course. course. Yeah. That was that's the real killer app. That's the real killer. The literal app. killer app. Well, don't forget DC Universe Online will be ready to go day one too. <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, Bill actually writes into Beyond at IGN.com just like you can. He says hello and beyond all of you. Beyond hello. After finding out about the IGN app coming to PlayStation Four at Gamescom, I knew instantly that the podcast needs to be accessible there. That would be the best. What do you guys think? Absolutely I have no not. idea. That would any, awesome. No, would you want that? I mean, we can try. We can talk to them about doing that. I don't. Do, do you sure. want to turn on your PlayStation and just have a dead screen though? That's just running the podcast. That's well, the I mean, I, you can you can listen to it in the background. The video. Yeah. Well, oh, you can. I'm sure you can run. You can run all sorts of. Them. I mean, they show you can run everything at the same time. So why would you? We'd have to be check to... in that our app could actually do that. We'd have Ooh, to check be really top cool. men. But yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. That'd be a good way to do it. Yeah. The, the, don't worry. The, the podcast beyond videos we break out. They'll be up on there as usual. Well, like it must run in the background. Like, I, I well, things like Music Unlimited are going to work in the background as your, you know, we'll play music as you play your game. So if those two apps can run concurrently, then I don't see why. Ours. Sure, but I mean, think of it this way, right? Like, uh, on, on your iPhone, you use Pandora and you use the YouTube app. Mm-hmm. When you close the YouTube app, it doesn't keep playing sound. Right. But Pandora yeah. is specifically programmed to do that because it's only doing that one thing. It, 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 our our app's true. mainly a video app. I don't right. know if it's going to understand. That's, true. That's what I was going to say. It might think that it's trying to broadcast video. When you navigate away, it, it automatically pauses it or whatever. Um, I, I think it'll probably, I mean, I would guess, we haven't seen it yet or anything, but I would assume it's going to operate almost identically to the Xbox Live right. app that currently exists. It'll be cool, though. It'll It'll give cool. you trophies yeah. if you download yeah. it. Just we'll look into it. I would love if we could have trophies. And by we, I mean Greg. Yeah, exactly, which means I won't have time. Um, Let's do some housekeeping. You guys are back. We're not doing a regular show. No. We have, no yeah. Colin's no got a, a top-secret appointment to run to. Mm. Goldfarb over here, he's just hanging out writing news. Yeah, I got some secrets. Yeah. yeah, we're doing some videos right after this. Uh, so we're going to talk more about Gamescom, take more of your questions here. But to point out a fact, PAX is this weekend <gasps> up in Seattle. What's that? It's this thing called Penny Arcade Expo mm-hmm. where the fans get together and they meet and greet and they talk about games and they go to panels and they play video games and they see IGN run around and do stuff. Uh, I will be running around the show floor doing all sorts of videos and I'd like you to be in them. So if you see me and you see something cool, tweet at me about it. Maybe you could be in a Twitter article about it. And then come out to all our stuff. We have a bunch of different stuff happening. Uh, Damon is hosting a panel. It's called Evolution of a Game Developer. He is hosting it Friday at 11 a.m. I am hosting a panel you're probably interested in if you're listening to this podcast. It's called Infamous Second Son, how they made the game. Uh, Friday at 5.30. Troy Baker's there. Andrew Goldfarb is holding up my infamous water bottle. Uh, we have a Game Scoop panel Monday at 11.30 a.m. where we will be doing uh, five bold next-gen predictions. And then, let's just get a party going and have some drinks. Saturday at 7, Rock Bottom Brewery. There's an IGN party with a special guest that you can't know about yet. That's going to be pretty rad. And I think it has an open bar. And I don't think... It's Rock Bottom, so it's not. it's a restaurant, too, so it shouldn't be... It should be all ages. I just can't believe Shuhei is flying out again. No! Go for our secrets! I'm going to hop around here. Okay. I, we have a lot of PlayStation stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. But we have another important question here similar to the PAX question. Or not even mm-hmm. PAX question. Similar to PAX information. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. This comes from Mark. Hey, guys. Hello. 
I mean beyond. 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 My name is Mark, and I have a couple questions for you guys. I was curious what part of Jersey Brian grew up in and how he made it to IGN. Brian's not on the show. Sorry. Next question. I myself from Jersey. Blah, 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 blah. Also, have you guys picked a day for the New York Comic Con Beyond panel? Me and my friends have already bought tickets for Saturday, and I figured since the last two panels were on a Saturday, I panicked and decided we would go that day. So fingers crossed. Lol. Love you guys. Beyond Mark. Mm. Colin wins our panel. I have no idea. Yeah, it's a good point, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the thing about you. I, people don't understand the panels, I don't think. Panels, you submit an idea. They give you a date. We don't get to pick a time. We don't get to pick a date. But I can for the first time confirm when our panel is. Oh, that's Are fine. I, I don't even know the answer to this question. Mark. It's not during the Jets game, is it? Uh, we'll talk about that off the air. Mark, <laughs> you fucked up. The panel is IGN Podcast Beyond Live. Is the PlayStation 4 going to suck? It is Friday at 3 p.m. in room 1A. Thank God, it is Friday, 3 p.m., 1A, 15. No, it isn't during the Jets game, thanks to some Greg Miller finagling. Yeah, we, we can't pick a time, <laughs> but when they give us a time, and I'm like, we ain't going to be there. <laughs> they can somewhat make a move. Cool. So sorry, Mark, that you missed it, but everybody else come to New York Comic Con, see the podcast. It's on a Friday, panel, that's big. The annual panel. That'll be fun. Yeah, I hope it's a big room. Every room they give us, we fill. I don't, yeah, well, so two years ago when we did it, we had like a mid-sized room at, at Javits yeah. that we filled, and we had to turn people away. Yeah. They gave us a room that I think was even smaller last, last time, that we get, and we turned away even more people. I think we don't want to go too big. Sure. You don't want to get too big for your britches. Well, we don't, we don't want to not fill it, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, even I mean, though I think we will. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully they give us a room like more uh, akin to the size we got the first, the first, uh, the first show. I guess yeah. that was 2011. Um, That'd be nice. Are we gonna do like a meet and greet or anything like that? Do we even know the answers to these um, questions? You understand that the IGN PAX meet and greet for this weekend just got planned yesterday. Oh, so <laughs> I don't think we need to worry about New York Comic Con just yet. It'll come together. It's the same thing as always, right? If we have to go old school, where it just becomes meet us at this bar and bring money, that will happen. You okay. will meet. You will meet us for sure at New York Comic Con. And if you don't go to New York Comic Con, we will pick a restaurant slash bar around there so you to come, come meet us. Okay. Even if you're just in the New York. Good area. work getting it out, out of the way of that Jets game. Yeah. God bless you. I, I had to. I, I, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it like I missed the last one. Um, here comes a real PlayStation question. This mm. comes from David G, and it's directed at you two clowns, I think. No. Yay. Beyond. 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 My name is David from the great state of Texas. Yay. In all of the IGN podcasts and video series created in discussion of the next-gen launch titles, Killzone is very rarely brought up. All of the previews speak highly of the first game. Yeah, that's right. What's it running? And the footage that's shown. No one liked the first Killzone. Yeah, I think I think it means it speaks highly of the game. <laughs> and the footage has slowly turned it into my launch game front runner right now. Right. Is there a reason it's getting no launch game excitement from you guys, David? We've been positive on it. I've yeah. been totally positive about Killzone. Yeah. I've played. We've been, we've been positive yeah. about it for sure. I've, yeah. I, we've all banged the drum that it doesn't look like old Killzone. It's pretty. It's Thank beautiful. Christ. It's bright. It's yeah. green. But I think what he's talking about is when we talk about next gen, we start talking about Titanfall, or we start talking about this. Right. And even you and I recorded a video, Goldfarb, yesterday mm-hmm. that should have gone live this morning. It's that a- I will embed in this article Ooh. where we talk about how you even bring it up that Titanfall is overshadowing all the other shooters. You yeah. played them all at Gamescom. I did. I, you know, it's funny. Uh, Kyle and I both, I think, played uh, single player D three, and now. Um, Multiplayer. multiplayer at Gamescom and Killzone is great. I mean, it's like I'm I'm I've been pretty vocal about not being Killzone fan in the past, but like this does everything better. And it's actually funny because playing it and then trying to play like a, any of Killzone Mercenary that they've shown, you know, it's uh it's sort of like night and day. I, I think Killzone Mercenary seems, from what I've seen of it, seems you know in demos and stuff seems really competent, but you know feels like Killzone as it was. Right. Whereas Shadowfall feels like a next gen version of that. It feels like a step up. Yeah, kill, so we can't. I've I've had Mercenary, a final build of Mercenary for like a few weeks. Ooh la la! But I can't. <laughs> I've like not played too much of it. And we can't talk about it yet. Uh, I will say that that Shadowfall um, is uh, exceptional. 
If, if it's if it's as good as what we've seen, there's some problems with it. I know Scott Lowe had some problems with it, especially. What was this? What was uh, that? Just it just wasn't as good as like what he was playing with Battlefield. I think. Okay. Uh, but and there's like you know screen blur, you know blurring and yeah, the yeah, motion blur is yeah, a little weird blur. as far as like a, a next gen presentation. Yeah, so but. like it's weird. Like Gorilla no, but Gorilla clearly knows the hardware really well and stuff like that. I think like it's kind of funny because Killzone was definitely my most anticipated launch game uh, until I played Resogun. So even, <laughs> so even I'm not going to uh, be beating the drum on Killzone as loudly as I was. Yeah, but I, mean, I Killzone... think you know also you have to understand that like we're taking things collectively. If we're talking mm-hmm. about things as PlayStation games, then you know we're all jazzed about Killzone. I'm gonna have it. That's gonna be the game I'm gonna spend a lot. Of, I'm gonna spend a lot of time with Resogun, but I'm gonna be spending a lot of time with Killzone as well and um, I think when you get everyone more collectively here at IGN then like some of the cross platform shit comes up and Titanfall I haven't gotten a chance to play Titanfall unfortunately I met the team actually I yeah. had a drink with them and ah. and uh, they asked me if I played the game and I'm like I'm just kind of stuck you know like uh, like uh, during these shows like I'm stuck with my appointment so I can't like make my Break way away. over to like, yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. I can't do it and I was with Sony basically the entire time so um, I'm hearing nothing but absolutely staggeringly positive things about yeah. Titanfall. And uh, I am super jazzed about it. Cool. I, Why I does think, it work for you? Yeah. Why does Titanfall work for me specifically? Yeah. Uh, it's adrenaline, man. Like I, I said in that video. It's adrenaline, man. I yeah. hear that, girl. Yeah. But it's true, dude. Like there is no way to describe that game other than that. Like you are running and jumping and moving at a speed that is just not like it, it feels more like mirror's edge than a first person shooter. Like you, you were just always moving and it's rad. Like, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to describe. It's like all of the cool cinematic things you see in the trailer. You're doing one of those like every 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it just, you mm-hmm. feel like such a badass playing that game. I don't know. It's uh we only saw one map in one mode. And you know, I know a lot of people are concerned that like, yeah, it's really cool now, but will it hold up over the course of, you know, hours and hours and hours and hours but like we haven't seen all the different mech types we haven't seen game modes like there's so many cool things they could do i mean that said though like killzone sort of this weird in the same boat any demo really is that like they talked about these war zones which are almost like uh they're like ugc so it's like the idea is like you can take uh you make your own playlist make your own game right. types make your own thing and go in there it, set you can have it like stealth versus defense and have all these different exactly. things in there and, yeah. and and you kind of create your own that it's almost really like cool. you're you're making your own game modes through it and i don't know like obviously they they can only show so much of that in a demo with their like oh these are two war zones that we created but like like we said with little big planet when the community gets a hold of that they're gonna do really cool shit and they're gonna create game modes within that game that make it more fun and make it more inventive right. and i did a rewind for the trailer where they were running through that and like you assign who can have what kind of weapons and you know how many lives and all that stuff and it really reminded me back in Goldeneye, right? When it would be like, all right, we're going to play, we're going to play facility, proximity mines only. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's goofy crap like that where you and your friends would just do that over and over and over again. That was super cool. Yep, and then you can share them with each other. So I, I think it's rad. I think, uh, again, like, multiplayer is only as good as the community behind it. And so, like, you assume, like, like it seems like that is the game to get at launch. Obviously, there's Resogun. There's going to be a lot of the indie titles. But as uh, far DC as the Universe first online. Games, Thank Don't God. forget, oh. coming up. Don't forget, you can play your first place. By the way, Flower looks like Flower's coming to PS4 too. My God, really? um, that was on the. Uh, so they sent me a, um, a release list, like a press release, uh, upon request. Um, I just emailed Sony and asked for, and Flower's on that list. And I, mm. I, I emailed them. I'm like, is this the Flower? I'm th- obviously I'm thinking of, and I assume that it is, but I haven't heard back. Gotcha. Um, I'm excited for that, Navita. Me too. It'll be good. I still hope that we get uh, Port of Journey to to Vita or even to PS4. Just want to keep playing. Yeah, I don't really care about that. Lisa Lewis writes into Beyond at IGN.com and she says Beyond. Beyond. I was looking at the new infamous Second Son trailer and it occurred to me that we still don't know about karma. So my prediction is that maybe the major karma points will come from either stealing someone's powers and potentially killing them or simply letting them go. 
I also read a comment on YouTube predicting the new villain, and I agree. Spoiler alert if you didn't finish Infamous 1. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, people. You've had plenty of time to turn off the podcast. Moya, the FBI agent from the mm-hmm. first Infamous, is back. I don't know. Lisa Lewis. I don't think so. I don't think they're bringing Moya back at all. Um, we, we, I, I think it'll be something different. I, I even think, like, I obviously there will be some kind of Cole cameo or reference or something in there, but I think beyond that, we're yeah, not going to yeah. see, like, any crazy direct tie-ins to the... Well, you figure the big point, the big part of this, right, when we talked about this in the beginning of why wasn't Infamous 3, why wasn't it Killzone 4, it's the fact that take the name that means something to people, like, I've heard of this Infamous thing before, and give them a fresh start on a fresh platform yep. for all the people that d- didn't play them on PS3. There, yeah, there will, be, there will be tie-ins, I think. Sure. Yeah. Oh, I talked yeah. to Nate I've, Fox a lot, and... and yeah, that video is great. Uh, he answers a lot of really good questions in that in the the video we posted. Yeah, you know, I answered that was, in the podcast too. Go. He was yeah. yeah, he was a little evasive about a lot of things. I asked him about Karma. He wasn't ready to talk about it. I asked him about multiplayer. He said he wasn't ready to talk about it. Um, so there you go. Sounds like the up and new um, interview. <laughs> it's uh, you know UGC not ready to talk about it. Um, you know, confirm that a lot of people think that in the trailer, uh, Cole is stealing electricity or uh, Delson stealing electricity. Neon it's neon. Whatever, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but that's I mean, kind of cool. What a dump I feel like you know. <laughs> I think it's kind of cool because it's it's just stealing light. I'm stealing all the gas. Pink no, but light. Here's the thing. What I what I really liked about that Nate Foxman review, and I've actually seen a couple of people say this. Um, so he implies that it will dramatically change the gameplay when you're using different powers. And someone pointed out how cool it would be where when you have the neon power, you can make everything dark. You can remove light, and then it almost becomes like a stealth game. And that would be very different than the fast movement of the smoke. Mm-hmm. And that could be different than another power. And like, I really like the idea of depending on which power you're choosing, it totally drastically changes the way you're you're traversing the environment. And then that said, I love this idea of the karma in this email. Like, but- think of it like uh, harvesting or saving little sisters. Sure. Right? It's like you can get a. Uh, if you were to kill someone and take their power, maybe it's stronger. Maybe you leveled up faster. See, I think that's but, it. Yeah, you have. There yeah. has to be some trade-off, right? You have to have all these powers somehow. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure you still get them either way. Degree. But it's like maybe if you save the person, you get like the very entry-level version of that power. If you kill them, it advances further. But killing them has a story effect, or maybe it's uh, you know has some other drawback. Like I, I can totally see them doing it that way, and that would be really smart. Yeah. Colin, I apologize. Yeah. I haven't watched your Nate Fox interview yet. Did you talk to him at all about the return of comic cutscenes? My my rewind theater prediction no. was that it popped up, you know, when uh, Delson grabbed her, when he grabbed what's her fetch, and so I thought maybe it was just like that's how now we relive people's memories, right? That's what we. Get. Yeah, he he brought it up. You should watch it. He brought up why they're doing it and and like how they're kind of mixing things up with presentational value or whatever. Because yeah. I did bring that up. The one thing that I brought up that he wouldn't answer that is most tantalizing. Most because tantalizing. He, he left it wide open. Is that it seems like Infamous Two is probably gonna um, your saves are probably gonna be able to cross over in a second son. So. Because okay. um, he's he, he like kind of like it's on the video I think I haven't watched it but I did ask him you know um, you know will the, will your decisions in the old infamous games matter and he was like well we're you know we'll we'll talk about that later or whatever and or whatever he said so well, last time they did um, it through trophy data that'd be a good workaround here yeah. too you figure because there's how are we getting PlayStation three saves to PS four theoretically not that hard right. but. Still, for and, most gamers, it'd be easier just to read your And by the way, he did talk about... This is interesting. And this is Infamous 2 spoilers. So if you haven't beaten Infamous 2 for whatever Spoiler reason... Spoiler alert! Go away for a little while. Uh, he, he, he's like, Cole is dead. Cole is dead. Yeah, like, he said and, that. and that's like not... And he's not coming back. And um, also that the bad ending is not... Never happened. Yeah. In Second Son. So... And that he, was based on he, the trophy data, like that overwhelming amount of people played it good and then left it alone. I don't know why they wouldn't play it. Did both. he talk about the fact that the the bad ending is the one he was pulling for? <laughs> that was like yeah. his baby. I was like, damn, yeah. son. Yeah, uh, yeah. They were just going based on trophy data, which is which said that most people played good. I, I, like I said, I don't know why you wouldn't play it both ways because the game's fucking awesome. Um, 
so that's kind of cool. So yeah, Cole is dead, and and he was saying that like basically people in Seattle will have will know what have happened in Numeray and Empire City, yeah, uh, and will reference it. But yeah, the Cole's Cole's gone. So, um, which sucks. I was kind of hoping they would work him back in. But well, I, I, still, I still think there's a. Ch- I yeah. still still think there's a chance, and if not him, maybe Kessler, a different version, alternate mm-hmm. universe Kessler. Alternate and, until I beat that game and haven't seen Cole, I will not believe that Cole isn't in that game in some capacity. Even if it's like something like, oh, we found a video that he recorded or something. I, I really think there will be something involving Cole. I hope it's President Zeke. Yeah, yeah. I was disappointed that I think the only prediction I got wrong from Gamescom was because uh, I got made that predictions piece before I left and uh, predicted like a little big planet and price drop for Vita and all blah 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 and. Uh, and you know, obviously PS4 release and stuff, but I did predict that they would release or announce Infamous and God of War for, for Vita, which they didn't. Those those Swing are definitely coming at some. Point. Yeah, well, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. I was really I was really hoping for uh, Infamous Vita as well. Yeah. Um, speaking of that Vita, Matt Wilson writes in Beyond at EGN dot com. What? He says Beyond at EGN.com. <laughs> Beyond. Beyond with Beyond. the emphasis on remote play for the PlayStation 4 and the Gamescom announced lower Vita price. Is there any fear that Vita will become more of a peripheral for the PlayStation 4 and less of a standalone console? Will AAA developers have any motivation to develop games for the Vita considering most of their games will be playable as a second screen? No, they won't have any reason to make games for Vita. You think they so? don't have any reasons now to make games for you? Yeah. What about when uh-huh. it's? What about like? Let's say it all works. Yeah. Let's say it takes off this plan to have a PlayStation Four and a Vita paired up. People get it. They go out and they buy the Vita. Suddenly, the Vita install rate drastically increases. Yeah, I mean, so I look at this two different ways, and I've talked to some devs about this too. Like the the Vita, um, the Vita has a huge attach rate a dozen games for Vita. So right. people that own the Vita are buying these games, but they're buying like 5 or $10 games. It's not like every game they're buying is Golden Abyss or something like that. So um, I think that the expectations for AAA developers to sell on Vita are much higher. And if we're not even seeing like a new Assassin's Creed after selling like almost a million copies on Vita, yeah. then there's then th- that's not paying off for them. With that said, if your team is five people and you sell 100,000 games on Vita, then you're actually in pretty good shape. So... Um, so I think that we're going to continue to see a lot of games on Vita. I just don't think we're going to see anything outside of first part, big first party games, which are not coming after Tearaway. We don't know about any of them, and uh, except for like Panopticon and like weird shit coming out of to- uh, Studio Japan, um, or that's not even called that anymore. What's it called now? Freedom Wars or something. And uh, you know, and then I think we'll see a bunch of indie games. Like Spelunky comes out today. Um, you know, The Walking Dead came out last week. Like there'll be games there from studios that have lower expectations. But I don't think Vita's in a Vita's in a rough spot still, man. Like yeah. the the price drop's huge. I think it's gonna work, and um, it's selling well in Japan. But a lot uh, of people tweeting us pictures of their Vita that they finally broke down now that the price dropped and they yeah the memory cards bundle. are cheaper too. Yeah, that's which huge is nice. I feel like the one hope for uh, more AAA expanding based on like like so continuing your hypothetical right. Let's say remote play and all these things really do take off i can see more stuff like borderlands like big third-party games that are the same game or a version of that game that connects to the ps4 version on your vita like i can see incentive for doing that because it's something like you know if they can have a find another studio or have like a limited development team get a vita version out there if it's not that hard for them to do and then they can offer some kind of incentive right so like we said about black ops 2 could have come with a code that gets you Black Ops Declassified for free or for really cheap and that incentivizes people to buy the Vita. I can see studios getting behind that because it, it lets them, you know, encourage, you know, developing this separate version that then people can, you know, spend more time with their game and have experience transferring back and forth and all that yep. stuff. Uh, that said, though, that won't happen until more people are embracing the Vita. I think it's like a domino effect. I think if a ton of people are using remote play and a ton of people are really into this platform, then you'll see more people embracing it. We'll see. 
Yeah. I worry about Vita. You know? Yeah, me too. I, I think it. I think Vita will be fine as a second screen. I think it'll proliferate as a second screen. I just I wonder if it can support what's or sustain its, its own ecosystem. Yeah, what's its yeah. life outside of yeah. just being a PlayStation's little brother? There's good games coming out this fall too, like Ease and, and Tearaway and Killzone. Um a lot of games in Japan coming out too. Mm-hmm. Plus there's you know, Dragon's Crown, all that kind of stuff. I just think Vita's I don't know. It's in a tough spot. Yeah. It's in a tough spot. It's right super now. niche, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. You need, they need, they want it to be a big hit. That way you get a Madden and you get a Borderlands and you get all these big games you'd want on it that would sell to more people to a more general audience. Yeah. It's and funny, right though. Now it's only selling to PlayStation. It's people. funny. Like, Madden doesn't come out anymore. Like, Madden, there won't be another Madden, but there's been three FIFAs now. Yeah. Vita. Like, but FIFA's selling. They're apparently... Like the same thing the over same and over game again. With like yeah, but they wouldn't put. It, they could do that with Madden too. Like sure, the point sure. is, they're doing that with FIFA. So those games are are. Selling. Maybe it's the backlash, and next year they'll have a Madden that connects to it or whatever. Because that's all I want. Like for me, that's really the thing. It's the show gets it. The show's like take your career on the road. You know what I mean? I would love to have one Madden season. Well, a ton of I games like, back and forth and back and forth. Look at Cy Cooper. Look at Soundshade. Sure, look yeah, at all these things. That have it. I know. Yeah, but look at all. The, look, look at the similarity between all those games too. Yeah, you know, like Sony paid for all those games, so it's sure. like it's not like. You know, they're they're ma- like there's sure, no Sony's- way there's no not I don't think there's a single publisher that has done that that is not Sony. But Sony's publishing Borderlands on Vita. Like I mean, like you, they're are they are putting money into yeah, this platform. I like, know that. Yeah, so I, I think like they can incentivize third party developers to do this and to embrace the ecosystem the way it's meant to be embraced. Like Call of Duty Black Ops: The Classified is a perfect example of how it's not supposed to be done. But I think that Sony, if they're putting money into these things anyway, like they can encourage them to be like, okay, you should have functionality. You do cross buy, do cross save. Yeah, it would have been cool to see like AC4 mm-hmm. on Vita, but like exactly. again, like I, I talked to Shu a bit about this too. Like, you know, these games, it is a thing where like these games are on Vita technically now. You know, like, and it's just like that's going to be the cop out, I think, unfortunately. Yeah, so, I don't know. I don't know. It sucks. I love Vita. Me too. I, I, I I want it to do better, but you know, it is what it is. It, it needs better games too. Chris from Tampa, Florida, writes into Beyond at IGN.com and says, Beyond! Beyond. What's, the, what's your best guess on when the PlayStation team will get their hands on the PlayStation 4 in the IGN office? Or are you even allowed to say? Just curious. Welcome back, Colin and Andrew. I don't know. What do you, what do you want to say about that? I don't, I don't know if we know anything. Uh, I, I assume we'll get it in October. Yeah. You figure, yeah. Uh, that's maybe wishful thinking. I would say, yeah, late October, early November, we would have a unit floating around here by then. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. There's yeah. a lot we'll of have, games to review. <laughs> yeah, we'll have, yeah, we're going to have to review the games. Well, obviously, I mean, that's the thing is that we're going to, like, I, I assume we'll have it at the end of, by the end, by the end of October. I think we'll even have it maybe even sooner than that. Because you have to assume some of the, like, they're going to, they're manufacturing now, I think, that the, um, the games are got to go gold soon. So, like, I think Knack and Killzone and Drive Club are probably done. Yeah. So, um, or like getting polished like right now, and they have to go gold soon. So, yep. um, and enter QA and stuff. So I think um, we'll enter QA and then go gold. So I think that uh, you know so- sooner rather than later, I would hope. And we'll all have our personal units too, but we need them for work. So um, to have all the launch stuff. What I'm most interested in is like when like we had Vitas, and uh, it was like when is the embargo going to be on like all of the first party stuff? That's what I'm most curious about. Yeah, they're, I think they're probably pretty confident. So that's I true. Would assume too. they want to be pretty early. Yeah, I was going to say yeah, it. probably right before Microsoft's launch, yeah. right? So it, yeah, put out if, day or if that's the case, and we need like then, then, then there you yeah. go. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Um, oh, Chris shows he's a huge podcast beyond fan with a PS. Colin, mm. how do you like the new podcast room? No, I don't like it. Greg yeah. Miller's prediction rings true. <laughs> oh, is that what you I said? was like, Colin's going to hate this. He's going to well, hate this. It's a weird, it's great for video and awful for talking. It is not like, awful. Awful. You've, how many shows have you been on in this room? Three. It's been fine. 
terrible. Oh, no, I, I mean, everyone hates change. <laughs> Welcome to the internet. It was it's hard. With, it was like, hard with four people. I feel like I'm on a panel. Well, that, yeah, that's exactly. very yeah. If you if we haven't been keeping up, ladies and gentlemen, we we put it basically out like that. It looks like a panel, so we can shoot one camera angle at it, and people are looking, so you don't get the side or back of people's heads. Uh, you know, I mean, we could easily break these angle them. I think a little bit. I more, think that's and what that we would be fun. Yeah, we make it make it almost like a. We'll a talk to our carpenter, Dustin, <laughs> the flying V, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ, our carpenter, yes, Jesus Christ, my boss, our, the Jewish our, carpenter. Yeah. Uh, what do we got here? How about someone charted for Last of Us stuff? Sure. Ooh. Uh, no spoilers. Oh. This comes from Trevor Cannon. Beyond Cannon's brother. Yeah, of course. He's much less successful. <laughs> the Last of Us was damn near perfect in every way, from the voice acting to the overall gameplay. So my question to the Beyond crew is dot 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 what gameplay mechanics or gameplay experiences from The Last of Us will make their way into Uncharted Four? What do you guys think? I, I, want, I, I hope not much. Yeah, I was just going to say I want them to remain separate, right? Exactly. Like, they I, have I different think, experiences. I think it would be a mistake to put like the crafting system in Uncharted 4 because it made sense in the world of The Last of Us, whereas yeah, it would feel shoehorned. They wouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, I think they're pretty set in their ways as far as these are differently established universes. The yeah. examples Trevor tosses out is Joel's backpack, listen mode for more stealth, or no. brutal combat for a darker story. No, they, they aren't no. going darker yeah. story in Uncharted. Like, I don't think that you see any of that. No, yeah, they're, they're I, not going to do that. I think something like listen mode would like totally change Uncharted in a bad way. Also understand that like when the team split, like this, you know, the next game is like well into development. So yeah. like you know, it, presumably, I mean, I you know, like that team that did Uncharted three is doing, you know, the core team that did Uncharted three is doing the next game. So um, Which is whatever it is, like it, it has to be, you know, it has to kind of be like where you can't be like, well, we really like this crafting thing. So. <laughs> Tack I mean, it, it on to every game we make now. I feel like at this point. I would be, like, legitimately shocked if it was anything other than Uncharted 4. Like, it, it would be super surprising at this point. Okay. Mm. Yeah, okay. your way. You've broken yeah. Trevor's heart. I'm sorry, Trevor. Everett writes in, says, I was thinking the other day about the disconnect of quality between world building and narrative storytelling in games. Games like Crisis, Killzone, Dishonored, Dead Space, and others come to mind. They have extremely well-detailed and original worlds built to house their story, but the actual narrative the game tells is generic at best and cringe-inducing at worst. Disagree about Dishonored. Would you agree in general that in game design there is a sharp disconnect in quality between world-building and narrative? He's talking about a lot of those first-person shooters is what he's calling out there, so maybe he's talking about FPSs in general. Yeah, it's I hard mean, to tell a first-person story. It is, yeah, and you have to... Resistance where you had one. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think you... It, it's... I mean, actually, Resistance is a really cool example, though, of, of something that, that does try to combine the narrative with the world building. I think it's hard, right? I think you have to, to make that conscious decision. You know, people compare the two Bioshocks of are you taking the route of telling a story about the world or are you taking the route of telling a story about two specific characters? And sometimes you can marry those two ideas. But generally, I think you get a really cool character story, but a lot of people feel like there's plot holes about the world itself or, like, the rules and the environment they're living in. Or you get vice versa. You have, like, a really cool, like, something like Crisis is, like, really, really interesting in terms of world building, but, like, you don't really give a shit about the characters. Yeah, yeah, Crisis is a good example of that. Because the first Crisis is fucking awesome. But, like, it's not cool because of the story. I like the whole idea of, like, going to an island and, like, you find alien tech and stuff like that. Like that's really cool, but like they, yeah, they don't they don't make you care about that. It was more like look how pretty the game is, and it's a wide open world. And you can do whatever you want, even though you really can. Uh, I think actually, um, I think Far Cry Three is a pretty good uh, example of a game that does both really well. Yeah, um, very sure. I agree with that. And uh, Far Cry Three is man, so good. I actually <laughs> so so good. I actually disagree with that email so much. Cause I think Dishonored is a really good example of that. I think. Uh, Again, it's we talk about this at the Last of Us how like you get so much more out of it when you find all the notes and find all like the extra right. like, the extra storytelling material. Dishonored having the heart on you at all times like 
I think there is some really, really cool story stuff in that game. Granted, you can if you're just rushing through the game, you're going to miss it. But. See, and that's what's interesting about The Last of Us. We talked about how when we, it was coming up, we weren't sure how it was going to sell, right? That this is a, you know, a new IP on top of the fact that it's you know this really... I, you know, emotional story, right? The whole hook to it is the story. But it seems like so many people did get, dra- you know, pulled in by that that they did go through and find artifacts and do all these different things. I hosted at uh, the last convention I went to, San Diego Comic Con. I hosted the Splinter Cell Blacklist panel where they talked about the comic book they were doing, and the artist and the writer were talking about the fact that the comic book, you know, they got to do a panel where they showed. Uh, Sam Fisher's like hallway and he had all these photos of his daughter it was his daughter's house and it was all these photos of his daughter and he wasn't in there and it was kind of this like you know he was never there for her and this is them showing that and doing all these things and they're like we couldn't put that in the game because nobody would get that nobody would stop and focus on the perfect frame we wanted and get what we're driving at the narrative we're driving you're like wow that's I never thought of that. You know what I mean? The fact that that's why it's even more amazing that Last of Us has touched so many people, right? That there were these notes and these things and people know Ish's story and do all these different things without having to sit there and have someone say, okay, now I'm taking control away from you completely and here's what you're looking at and here's what I'm trying to tell you. I think that is the best example of – like I think narrative in games, that is how you progress it, right? I I think stuff like uh, yeah, Audio Diaries, Bioshock and and the notes in The Last of Us and The Heart and Dishonored are like the coolest way of doing it because if you want to rush through that game, it is all supplemental. You can get a core story without it, but – when you add it in, it enriches everything about those games. It it makes everything make more sense. It gives you more insight into the characters. Like I think that is the smartest way to not pad your game out and have it be like a billion hours long unless people want it to be. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I think uh, another really good example that we might overlook uh, for doing both really well is Spec Ops. Somebody... Uh, I forget what it was. I uh, we talked about uh, oh spoilers in games on another show we do on another thing, mm. and uh, we were talking about how Spec Ops is this great thing. And some wrote in said the gameplay was too boring for him to get even remotely into the story of Spec Ops. I was like, what? The gameplay is awesome in Spec Ops, like really tight third person shooting in that game. Like Spec Ops is give Spec Ops a chance. Vastly yeah. underrated. Like and and a shame that more people did. like it. Really is. It's one of those games where like I say that about Vanquish too and Catherine like. Those are just fantastic games. Like I can't believe that those games didn't blow up more. You yeah, know, yeah. and and uh, Spec Ops maybe even more than the other two. I, I like when I, I was blown away by Spec Ops. I was absolutely blown away by how good that game was and how fucked up that game is. <laughs> like, that, that, like that game is profoundly fucked up. And when you read, actually, Mitch did a really nice piece um, with Walt. With yeah. Walt, um, what's his name? Walt uh, Williams. Williams. Yeah, Walt Williams. Williams, who wrote Spec Ops. What? And there's all this really, really, really quaint shit in the in the story like really like hidden stuff where like the way you go into cutscenes tells you yeah, tells yeah. you like what the cutscenes mean and what they are like that was cool th- i had no idea and like when i went back and screwed around with the game a little bit i'm like that's awesome like um your character is like totally just schizophrenic yeah you know? so like it's it's a cool it's a cool story that's never been told and it's also a dark story in terms of america in terms of um what we're capable of in war you know and uh it doesn't like tell a, a friendly or nice story so mm. I don't know. It's, that always bummed me out that that game doesn't get more love. Go play Spec Ops. It was yeah. PlayStation Plus too, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was free for a while. Corey writes into Beyond at IGN.com and says, are we playing fantasy football again this year? No, I am, but you're not. <laughs> yeah. We, we've, all, we've all broken off into our own groups. It was a hassle for Colin, I think, to set all that up last it year. It was really and it's been way, ass. It's been way too fucked up of a summer of events, and now 
a console launch to have you Yeah, I can't do it. Uh, yeah. I'm playing with in the office, and I'm playing with uh, in like a, a really, really fucking serious. Who's league. who's in office league? Are you uh, Alex? Yeah, Solomita. me too. All right. um, When's draft for that? By the way, did I miss it? Uh, no, next yeah. week. I, think. I loved right. that Solomita did a draft from Germany. He he like dropped everything and went back to the hotel at 6 p.m. one particular day to do it. Yeah, awesome. he's I'm, I'm finally my uncle does like a really, really, really serious league. Uh, with like people like Keeper League and stuff you put like that. money on it. Yeah, well, yeah, like a good amount of money. Yeah, end up they like have a waiting list, and I've been on, like I've been waiting for years. And you finally got it. Yeah, I finally oh, got that's it. that's a big deal. So I have like the, it's like an expansion draft or something this this uh, next week I think. Mm-hmm. Final mm-hmm. question of the week. We're gonna we're gonna end the show like we began it. Okay. Cyan writes in and says, "Hey guys, I have two questions regarding Borderlands Two on Vita. Yeah. Do you think that if it's done right?" That more devs and publishers will be willing to put their open world games on the handheld. That's question number one. Yeah, I mean, God, we we talk about this all the time. How cool would it be if this sold really well and maybe Bethesda got interested? Oh my God! Or whatever. Yeah, I mean, we don't know. You, I mean, just, you could just port somehow Fallout Three. That would never. Yeah. Work. I know it would never work, <laughs> but God damn it, would I want it? I yeah. mean, I will just say, you know, being the pes- the pessimist I am, yeah. there are far more ways this could go wrong they could go right. oh sure like, 100%. I, this could be really choppy and run badly and there are all kinds of potential problems let's see it once it's out it's like so hard to predict that it really depends on who's doing it what if uh, nihilistic is doing it <laughs> oh i hope they are that'd be great instigate instigate if they came out i mean if it comes out and does extremely well then that's what we're talking about earlier right yep. if, if like you need success stories to sell ea and st- other companies like that on making For sure. more Vita games and, and i mean again they need to do it right i mean i would really like to see saves transfer back and forth or yeah. i mean i obviously it's not going to speak to ps3 i sincerely doubt i'll be like in a party with one person on Vita or anything You're not gonna be cross playing yeah, yeah way too complicated but i can see them doing something with saves okay and then scion's second question with Sony and 2K working together to bring Borderlands 2 to the Vita, do you think that this gives us some hope that the Irrational Pet Project will nope. end up on this? Okay, no. Totally separate. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Gearbox is doing its own thing, and they own the IP the same way that Irrational, uh, I believe, actually. Maybe they don't, actually. Maybe maybe 2K doesn't own Bioshock. But, uh, 2K probably owns Bioshock. Gearbox owns Borderlands, for sure. And I think this was a, a Gearbox-oriented move rather than a publisher-mandated 2K-oriented move. Um, uh, I, I don't think we're going to see that Bioshock game anytime. I mean, maybe years from now, but I, I don't think one has anything to do with the other. Yeah. Sony would have to pay for it to get it, make it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they would have to get one of their studios or I mean, a second party to work on it. Ken Levine constantly tweets that they're talking about it. Like, he, he still says it's in the hands of the businessman, like, as recently as, like, a month ago. But, uh, you know, even if that's the case, that means that game hasn't even started. Yeah. And especially if it's don't being done... Don't hold your breath. Do not hold yeah. your breath. Especially if it's being done by Rational Internally. Like, that thing is so far out, if it even ever exists. Far out, man. Far, far out, out man. Bruh. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to talk about video games with me, Damon, and the rest of the IGN crew at PAX. Remember, Damon's panel is Evolution of a Game Developer, Friday at 11 a.m. I have an infamous panel, Friday at 5.30 p.m. We have a party Saturday at Rock Bottom Brewery, 7 p.m., then Game Scoop, Monday at 11.30 a.m. Long show. Mm. This is the first PAX. It's been four days. I don't know how I feel about it yet. I have a feeling on Monday I'm not going to be too happy about it. You'll see. Yeah. We all will. You won't, you won't really talk to me about no, it. That's probably true. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Podcast Beyond Episode 307. Guys, this has been a, a welcome break from the day. Thanks so much yeah. for hanging out. I love for you guys sure. so much. I've missed you. I love you too, you're at home. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we love Podcast Beyond. You love it too. That's why you've made it this far into the show. But remember, it's IGN.com that keeps the lights on and the mic's working. So go there, watch videos, read reviews, comment on Andrew's stories, and tell him Mitch sucks. Does that make you feel better? Yeah, for sure. I agree. We hate Mitch. (laughs) Uh, Every episode, I have to do Twitter calls. Remember, follow us on Twitter at IGN. I'm at Game Over Greggy. I wrote it down. Andrew, (laughs) God damn it! 
Andrew Gold Favre is Garfab. I got it. The, one of the weeks he was gone, I got it while yeah. you guys were uh-huh. here. Sure, you did. Andrew Gold Favre is Garfab, and then no taxation is Colin. Why does that do that to me? I don't know. I, I make you nervous, obviously. Apparently, it's you your, always make it's creepy eye looks. contact with me while you're saying it, too. I, uh, it's just, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta batten down the hatches out. and finish this out. Sort it out. Uh, remember, every episode of Podcast Beyond ends with a song in a segment we call Ryan's Wrap Up. Today's song comes from Clock Tower Music, at Clock Tower Music on Twitter. Hey, Greg. Here's a song from my band, Save the Clock Tower, from Chicago. It's called, quote, It Happens, and it's kind of trippy, but fun nonetheless. Our video for our song, Like That, is debuting on MTVU September 4th, so be on the lookout for that. Our website is savetheclocktowermusic.com. Twitter is clocktowermusic. Love you, beyond. This is Greg from Chicago. Well, there you go, Greg from Chicago. Eat some portillos for me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Podcast Beyond, episode 307. Here is Save the Clock Tower with like... No, this is... It happens. That's confusing. But whatever. It happens. Beyond! Yeah, beyond.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.